I have walked out on a pool deck <laughs> and oh, been like, excuse me. <laughs> and it didn't go over very well, so I didn't do that again. No. <laughs> Excuse me. Welcome to Fitspe Radio. Slip on your minimal sneakers, notch your headphones into your ears, tuck your smartphone into your pocket, and take us along for a walk while we talk. Or just grab a cup of your favorite drink and get on the floor and stretch a bit while we bring you all things fitness, core, and diastases recti related. You guys ready? Yes. Yep. All right. Born ready. Born ready. I love that. I, I love your first one, though, when you're like, I wish I could just say all those things. <laughs> I know. That is so bad. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Fit to Be Radio. My name is Chris Banky, and I'll be your host today. We've got with us Beth Learn. She's the CEO and founder of Fit to Be Studio. You need to go check that out. If you're not a member, you should become one right away. We also have with us someone very cool, Dr. Julie Granger. She is a woman's health coach. She's also a sports physical therapist. She specializes um, doing work with girls. We're very excited to talk to her today. She's also been a contributor on one of our um, coolest courses, which we're going to talk about for sure. Um, Julie, thank you for uh, joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So um, we always ask the same thing when we get started um, because it's cool. It's a, we record these things virtually. It's pretty awesome. Beth is in Battleground. I'm in Bend, Oregon. She's in Battleground, Washington. Where are you coming to us from today? I'm coming from Atlanta, Georgia on the East Coast. Oh, fantastic. How long have you been in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Did you grow up there? I grew up in Atlanta. I went okay. to college four years away, and then I came back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And Pretty so, much my whole life. So you must love it. If you, you've, you grew up there and you're still there, you love it. Right. We do love it here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where, where did you go to school? I went to Duke for undergraduate in okay. North Carolina, and then I came back and went to grad school here in Atlanta. Awesome. So you even mm-hmm. for grad school, you came back. I did. That's... I did. I wanted to be closer to my family. Uh, boyfriend now husband and my family yeah yeah well that's understandable that's kind of a draw now how beth how did you really connect um well this is another one that i met in new york okay right yeah uh they had a they had a great little social networking cocktail appetizers hour and uh, i started talking to her because i had heard her talk earlier that day and her talk it had given me chills. And so I like made a beeline for her at this event. <laughs> I did. <laughs> uh, because, you know, she spoke about young girls and athletes right. and all these things that young girls experience. And I have a daughter right. and she was saying so many things that I had been puzzling about and, and looking for answers. And she had the answers, right. even Simple things like why my daughter had grown six inches in the past year. Well, because right. she had, she was experiencing peak height velocity, which girls go through during what ages, Julie? Uh, 11 to 12, generally yeah. on average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at the time she was more like 10 and a half, but it was like, okay, this makes sense. You know, she's, she's heading into this and she's just really growing. Right. And, um, and you know, she was talking about periods and how they can come a lot earlier or a lot later than we think and mm-hmm. what we need to be aware of in our young female athletes. And it just all made so much sense. And I knew if I could get her, she was my linchpin 
for the fit to be girls course. I was like, man, if I could get her, I could make this course happen. Cause I was kind of muddling about how to make that course happen. But yeah. so many of the things that she said helped it all coalesce in my brain. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. I, want to, I want to dig into that uh, for, for a second. So the girls course, I want to get to hearing Julie and her thoughts on that whole project and stuff. But first, Beth, real quick, can you tell us what that is? Not everyone's going to, that's listening to this is going to know what you mean by girls course. It sounds a little weird actually. Girls well, course. as a mom mm-hmm. with a daughter and a son, who uh, my daughter is currently 12. At the time of putting together the project, she was 10. Looking at everything available online and in school for teaching her about her body, I just was disappointed. Like either it was too cut and dry or it was too much about beauty or it was too much about, oh, you got your period, use tampons and pads and it didn't explore other options. Um, I was also discouraged that so many of the resources always went into sex, right? They, they always would go into birth control. And I'm like, my daughter's 10. Like, you know, I'm just, I, as a parent, honestly, was not ready to have those conversations with her yet. And I didn't think she was ready for that. And I didn't want to just hand her a book that she was going to skim read that would be about her body, but also have penises and and how all that works. And and it just was too much. And so I, I, what I really was looking for, I realized was a course that would educate my girl about her body and her body alone and why it's amazing by itself, whether or not she ever gets married, whether or not she ever has kids, what is the purpose of her uterus beyond carrying a baby? Because it has purposes beyond carrying a baby. You know, what's, what's, the, what's the purpose of her vulva beyond sex? Because there are purposes there. And, and what about her fitness? And what about her nutrition? And what about, um, what about her fashion sense? And what about her sense of empowerment when it comes to that? You know, um, what about her personal style? Like, I, I just wanted something that didn't make my daughter a sexual object right off the bat. Because that's what I feel like it does a lot of times is it's yeah. immediately about their mateability. <laughs> Right. And I, I was just mm-hmm. like, we're not, yeah. we're not ready for that. So, right. um, uh, that is what the course is about. It's a non-sexual okay. approach to female body education. Right. And it's made up of several experts of yes. which one of them is Dr. Julie Granger. So, yeah. so how, so what, so tell us about the part that you contributed. Yeah. So my part is basically the relationship between a girl's period and being an active girl or an athlete. She doesn't necessarily have to be an athlete and how you can actually use your period as sort of a barometer and a marker of you have enough energy to do sports. You're getting the right amounts of nutrition, the right kinds of nutrition and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And she did such a great job. You did such a great job, Julie, with um, telling a story. So a lot of the lessons were kind of more, you know, facts and bullet points and tidbits in, in basic language. But Julie told a story about a young female athlete that was competing, but having trouble with her cycle and experiencing other symptoms like fatigue and irregular cycles and joint pain. And it's just so beautifully done. And it really draws the kids in and each of the lessons has a, has a video and your video is so great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, um, that's my style. I, I do things very creatively. I, I don't 
think that teens, I mean, I think teens and kids do great at sitting in school and listening to lessons. I just felt when I sat down to do that, I was like, you know, if I were a teen girl, what would really hook me in? And I'd want to read a story and mm-hmm. really be able to identify with the protagonist of the story and that kind of yeah. stuff. Right. Or even a nine-year-old because we've had really young girls. And, and what's really neat is we have these families that are going through the course and a lot of them have older girls who have had their period for a couple of years, but they also have young sisters. Mm-hmm. And with your mm-hmm. lesson, they'll read it and it becomes this discussion point. Mm-hmm. And it's so great because it's all family friendly and yes, it's girl stuff, um, but hey, that's what our bodies do and we need to be comfortable with it. So yeah. Yeah. It's been Thanks. fantastic. People, people have really liked it. Um, and uh, and we're talking about maybe doing a boys course and and just continuing to to move down that path because people have loved that what you've done awesome. and so awesome. it's exciting it's exciting I want to talk a little bit more um, you you've said something in the past that's interesting and I want to dig into it um, that active girls are kind of doing it all backwards um, with regards to health and sports what do you mean by that let's what, can you explain that so. What I mean by that is that we wait until we're injured, falling apart, sick, um, out of energy, or having to drop out of a sport to take a closer look or look through a lens of health at ourselves versus saying up front, hey, how can I actually stay in my sport, not get injured, stay healthy, and actually be really good at it and be competitive and get ahead, right? we wait. And I think people don't like to think about or pay for prevention. That's just not, not yeah. exciting. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Can you give us an example of, and you don't have to name names obviously, but um, of a time that you've seen a female athlete, a young female athlete have to give up her sport because of complications related to her period. Yeah. Okay. So I have Several, uh, almost all of my clients are, it may not be related to their period, but it doesn't help that their mm-hmm. period is wonky, which yeah. is the word I like to use. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have several clients, whether they're physical therapy or health coaching clients, who they start getting all sorts of problems related to their hormones being wonky. So they might have migraines, or they might have um, lots of GI distress, or they might mm-hmm. have lots of stress in general. Or they may have fractures that don't heal. And so it turns out their periods are wonky or the periods being wonky is what gets in the way, right? There's pain, there's lots of symptoms associated with it, and they can't compete with all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, and I know a lot of young female athletes will go on birth control, even though they're not sexually active, but to control when they get their cycles so that they can compete. What are the dangers of that? So... Recently, in the last two years, um, the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, or ACOG, basically warned against the use of oral contraceptive pills in teenagers because there is an association with depression. And then in teens with pre-existing depression or anxiety, there's also an association with, like, risk for suicidal thoughts and behaviors. And ultimately... The big risk is that this isn't really published, but it's not recommended because it's fixing the hormones with a pill doesn't fix the underlying cause, which is often working too hard, doing too much, um, overtraining and things like that, which can make the periods wonky 
Mm-hmm. And so you keep overtraining and underneath what happens is it starts to really wear on the rest of your whole body health. Right. And, and I can imagine, I remember being a high school athlete and, you know, doing daily doubles for soccer in the morning, early mm-hmm. before school and right. then after school and then doing homework and then going to a job and then coming home and doing more homework and sleeping for five or six hours and getting up and doing it all over again. Mm-hmm. What is the problem with that? Why, why is that not healthy? Okay, well, simply put, if you're not resting, you're not repairing, you're not learning because the times that our brains actually integrate information is when we're sleeping Ooh. and your immune system doesn't have time to fight off all the things, right? All of the things. So the things. you'll be sick. <laughs> You're going to be injured, and you're not going. And you're going to start falling behind in school. Right. Mm. Not resting enough. Just adds yeah. up. It yeah. adds up. Where do so a lot of times people have these and girls and parents and families have these kind of strange ideas about what's healthy, what's a healthy approach. Where, but they're wrong. They're like way off. Where are they getting all these ideas? Like, where are you seeing that as you talk to people? What, yeah, where are they getting Gosh, I mean, where are they not getting the information is yeah. really the question. You can get it anywhere now. And you, at the touch of a button on this computer that lives in your pocket, right, that travels with you, you can Google and say, what's the best way to keep my athlete healthy? And you'll, you'll read all sorts of nutrition information. You'll read um, that she needs to have, if she's an athlete, she needs to have a trainer and she needs to do private lessons and she needs to do this. And Oh, by the way, in order to get into college, she needs to have the job and she needs to do double practices and she needs to do this and that and the other, and she needs to eat a low fat diet. And and before you know it, I mean, people are well-meaning when they seek out this information, just to be clear, the intention is yeah. good, right? but there's no one going actually, well, except for maybe me and some other people going, actually, there's actually a simpler way to do this. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be so hard and expensive and right. she can stay healthy and be the best without working so hard. Right. Yeah. And as you kind of approach people and you're talking to them about what maybe a, a better, simpler, healthier approach is, are they kind of like, what? No. I mean, very resistant or do they, or do they learn easily? It depends. Yeah. I think some, there's, there's kind mm-hmm. of a, you can be in either camp. You can be like, okay. Julie, you're crazy. I'm going to keep doing all of this because I'm just to call out moms. I'm the mom and I know best. And that's what the mm-hmm. coach says, or that's what the college counselor says we have to do. Or there's the people that are like, yes, whatever you say, we're going to do it. Right. And right. yeah, sometimes people fall in between and they're just a little skeptical and it doesn't take much to convince them. But ultimately I think that's how it goes for just about everything, whether it's girl health or women's health or pelvic health or something like that. Mm-hmm. You're going to have lots of people on different sides of the fence. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that. <laughs> you said something about the low fat or no fat. Can you tell us more? And I know like books can be written. And in fact, you have written a book. What's the name of your book? I've got two books. There's one called Jeweled and Fabulous, which is actually the story that I included in the Fitzy Girls course, plus a little bit more. Um, And then the the other one is uh, the Young Female Athletes Playbook, which is a comprehensive guide to keeping young girls who are active, not necessarily athletic, healthy. Yeah. Whether injuries, pelvic health, periods, that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So when it comes to 
no fat or low fat diets, which are pretty trendy among women and young girls. Mm-hmm. I mean, you almost can't buy yogurt that is full fat. Yeah. Um, what does that do to a young female athlete if she's eating a non-fat diet? Okay. So first of all, if you ask any registered dietitian or nutritionist these days, they're going to tell you that that's a myth at this point, the low fat, no fat craze of the nineties that we all were kind of brought up through, um, for most people, right. Unless you have a diagnosed medical reason to be on a low fat, no fat diet, it's a myth, including for heart disease. It's, it's, it's starting to become proven that we don't need to be doing that. Yeah. In fact, it's more the high sugar issue that contributes to the mm-hmm. inflammation and heart disease. That's an aside. So what does that do to our bodies? Well, basically for women, we'll just talk about women. This applies to men as well and, and their hormones. It actually keeps us from producing and constructing and using our hormones. If we don't have the right amounts and the right types of fat. So that means you're going to be tired. You're not going to be able to focus as well. Your periods will be wonky. You're going to have trouble with fertility if you're old enough and that matters, right? Okay. Actually, yeah. if you're not laying the groundwork in girlhood and teenagehood to get your, your hormone factory going correctly, it's going to be harder when you're older right. to ovulate and conceive. Okay. Mm-hmm. You actually have to be doing things right as a child, even though we don't want to be sexualizing or talking about that right. necessarily for our younger girls. That's an important thought to keep in the back of your mind as a parent, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and then, um, uh, well, also important for older of age women is sex drive. If we don't have the right amounts of hormones, you're not going to want to do anything. You're going to yeah. want to tell whoever it is to get away from you, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> right. So, and then just general energy and joy, if we don't have hormones, we're not going to be driven mm-hmm. and we'll be driven based on our stress hormones. So the body will borrow that drive from stress hormones, which then will lead to all sorts of inflammation and problems later on. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's all that to say, getting the right amount of what I call energy friendly fats is abundantly important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Energy friendly fats. So I love that. Yeah. Cause you know, I, I tell my kids, I harp on them I'm like, okay, did you, did you need, you need fats, you need proteins, you need veggies. Like I figure they're going to get everything else without even trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. cause they're kids and people just hand it to them wherever we go. Uh, True. but it's like, you know, did, let's get some avocado, let's get some coconut oil. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's get, and I try exactly. to go for those, those healthier, more plant-based mm-hmm. fats. Um, we also have some meat in our diet. Um, my husband is a hunter, so we're kind of privileged that way. Great. Have really mm-hmm. good source of meat, um, that is wild and free range. Um, and sometimes we go to the store and buy chicken too, but, uh, <laughs> that, that's more of a rare thing for us, but I'm realizing more and more that's not the norm right? Mm-hmm. Now, hold on. Okay. No, now, I, I have to confess that when I first started learning more about hormones a few years ago, and I was taught about, um, you know, the endocrine system when I was in college, but it was confusing and baffling and very mm-hmm. limited. And it, it just was kind of presented as this uh, surreal part of your body. And we're still learning and there's these mm-hmm. receptors and okay. So a few years ago, when I started realizing all these connections, The first thought that ran through my head repeatedly, and I had to confront it, was, well, aren't hormones bad? 
isn't it bad for me to be hormonal? I thought I was supposed uh-huh. to not have hormones. I thought hormones were a yeah. bad, like girl yeah, hormones are a uh, bad thing. Right. So when I first mm-hmm. started like, well, fats help our bodies make hormones. I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense now. Cause yeah, of course, of course I want to have a non-fat diet. Cause I don't want all, the, I don't want all that extra estrogen. I don't want all that extra. But then as I learned more, so do you have a good way to explain away that mentality? I don't really know what I'm asking, but I know I'm not the only one who t- kind of thinks that, that like hormones are the negative, the negative yeah. thought about hormones. Yeah. The stigma behind being hormonal. Right? Or, so what we're talking about here is getting enough fat so that your hormones are at baseline where they need to be, right? Okay. Eating more fat is not necessarily going to make you go above that baseline. In fact, you'll raise that baseline by not eating enough fat. It sounds backwards, right? Like right. I eat enough fat to get to the, the normal. And then if I eat more, it won't raise me. No, not necessarily. In fact, if you, if you don't eat enough, you'll go up because you'll either be too low or too high. Because basically, as I said, what happens, and this is the endocrine system here, all of the different parts of the endocrine system starts in your brain, you have a thyroid, you have adrenal glands, which live on your kidneys, you have the ovaries in women. Okay, that's just your basic part. Right. All right. So they all literally borrow from each other. When something is running low, you'll borrow from another hmm. organ in order to produce hormones that help our bodies stay energized. Okay. Right. So you have to stay energized to run a million miles an hour, be in 12,000 activities, go to school, be, be athletic, all those types of things, be parents. Okay. So that and goes so back to what you said, right? About goes back to what you said about how we borrow stress hormones to function. Mm-hmm. Is that where you're going? Yeah. yeah. All right. Keep talking. Yeah. It's all good. So <laughs> the, the brain will say, Oh gosh, I'm running low on estrogen. I'm going to borrow some cortisol. Right. Mm-hmm. And actually I'm going to increase the cortisol produced because I'm running low on estrogen. So your stress hormones go up, but guess what happens? When your stress hormones go up after a certain period of time, all of us say what it's normal to be stressed out as parents or as go-getter women, right? That's normal, right? So we we accept that as normal. Well, then the brain says, okay, well, if you think that's normal, I'm going to actually take your estrogen and raise it as well. And then that gets us into trouble with things like endometriosis, PCOS, cystic breast, breast cancer, all sorts of things. And And to be clear, estrogen will go up, progesterone goes down. And okay. then you have trouble in with that fertility. <laughs> and then we have trouble with fertility, right? And and if we're being actually really clear, it's not necessarily that estrogen gets, estrogen gets high. Mm-hmm. It's that the progesterone goes down. And so relatively speaking, the estrogen is higher than it needs to be compared to the progesterone because it's a ratio, right. right? There's your math, right? So the estrogen may still be on the low side. It may not actually raise because you're not getting enough fat to raise it. But the progesterone tanks. All right. And that's because your stress hormones borrow from progesterone. Mm -hmm. And so then your ratio is off. And so then we have problems with fertility. We see endometriosis, PCOS, and things like that. Right. You know, I had, yeah, I had low progesterone. Um, They believe that's what caused Mm -hmm. my first pregnancy loss because when they tested me Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out why I lost the pregnancy, um, I had like no progesterone. And then when I got pregnant with my daughter, I went right in for testing and sure enough, my progesterone was tanked and I, I know, and you can add, tell, tell me here, um, some symptoms of low progesterone can be things like your feet are always cold, right? 
mm-hmm. or um, you know you are living kind of a high stress life. Um, what are some other symptoms of low progesterone? Brain fog would be a big one. So coming with the high stress, inability to focus, inability to remember things, um, not feeling super connected to other people. You could, and then definitely some period symptoms, right? So if you're trying to get pregnant and um, isn't it a shortened, having, like a shortened phases, shortened period? It shortens mm-hmm. the cycle, right? Yeah, I so had that. Have a, a shorter luteal phase, which is the second half of the cycle. Um, again, lots of like um, neurological symptoms, so confusion, just difficulty focusing, mm-hmm. um, hmm. memory issues. Because progesterone is neuroprotective, it helps kind of protect the brain and the brain processes and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And stress, right? So I said all those little organs, they work together. So the adrenals produce your cortisol when you're doing all good things. Okay. So we stress gets a bad rap, but there's also such thing as good stress, which just means I'm busy, I'm involved, I'm active, right? That's, That's all stress, right? So the brain's going to raise the, tell the adrenals to raise the cortisol levels. And at some point, right? The, they can only, it can only produce so much. So mm-hmm. it'll start to borrow from progesterone, actually. Mm. That's directly where the, 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 the building blocks are all cholesterol and fats to make hormones. And so the brain will go, oh, well, you need to have all this stress in your life, right? And I, we mm-hmm. need to help protect you from it via cortisol. So we'll borrow the building blocks from the progesterone. Right. We'll borrow them, right? We're not going to give them back, though, right? <laughs> and so that makes the progesterone tank, Right. Yeah. And then that, that's where you lead to all sorts of get lots of issues. Yeah. And I look back on that time in my life when I was trying to get pregnant in my late twenties and um, my first two pregnancies, I was teaching some pretty hefty classes and I was working a full-time job and I didn't see myself as stressed. Um, <laughs> but I was teaching classes that were very intense Mm-hmm. And I felt fine teaching them, even even in, well, I was tired in my, the first part of my pregnancy. But I, I think now looking back that that may have been part of what was contributing to a low progesterone level. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and I don't know where I'm at now, I, I did have, um, I had the Dutch test done a couple years ago and everything looked great. Um, I did that with my naturopath. Um, and she's like, you're fine. And I, you know, I was like, great. Cause I feel okay. But sometimes that can be deceiving, you know, mm-hmm. um, our, you know, cause it bears out on our libido. I feel fine. I just don't have very much of a sex drive. Oh, well, <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> doesn't bother me any. Well, I mean, now I'm fine, it. but like okay. I was going through something back then. And so we, we did some other stuff for that. Hmm. But so I, I wonder Think like, about what, it. Yeah. Th- okay. Tell me, tell me what you think about that role of like high intensity exercise, mm-hmm. like what young female athletes are doing or like what women are trying to do to get their bodies back, quote unquote. I was about to say that. Yeah. Yes. So first of all, after pregnancy, you're going to be in a low estrogen state. And, and when you're trying to get your body back after pregnancy, which no one can blame you for that, right? Although you are beautiful as you are. Um, the body's going to be like, well, I need energy from somewhere in order to care for a newborn, mm-hmm. breastfeed, right? It, it's exhausting to be a new mm-hmm. mom, not to mention adding activity on top of that. A lot of it in a very short period of time, the hormones are going to tank, right? And so that itself can lead to problems like lower bone density and fractures, which mm-hmm. then you can't be active, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big bummer. Obvious mood issues. 
you mentioned low libido, okay, which sounds like, okay, no big deal. I don't really want to be having sex much anyway while I have a newborn. I'm just not interested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not, right? That's okay. But in the long run, that's a sign yeah. that your body is completely depleted, mm-hmm. right? And you're not going to be able to be the mom you want for your kids, right? I would also say that the word busy is a nice code word for stress, okay? <laughs> so I'm busy. I'm just busy. I'm so busy all the time. I don't have time, yeah. right? You're busy with good things. You're not necessarily feeling anxious, right? Meaning stress. Stress is a code word for anxiety, right? But it <laughs> is, it is, busy is code for stressed out, right? And so, when, you, when we say that to each other, oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so busy, right? I think that what, what ultimately what's happening is we're depleting ourselves of the, the nutrients and of the processes that our bodies naturally need to do so we can be the amazing go-getter rock star team girls, moms mm-hmm. that we are. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what, back to Chris's point, people are doing everything backwards, mm-hmm. right? If we actually start from the get-go, and just eat some avocado with our tacos and on like a daily basis or whatever, you know, have some coconut oil, like you said, or I'm not asking you to go eat like a pound of bacon. Right? <laughs> just really. Pound of lard. Just, just, just chug it down. So really right. bringing it back to enough fat, good protein, right? Mm-hmm. Enough of everything, right? A good, well-rounded diet. I don't advocate for any type of particular diet, right? Amen. It's just... Right. Uh, it, you need to fuel your body to do the amount you need to do mm-hmm. energy. The energy we have in life to do the things we need to do is based on a math equation. What you take in minus what you use. If you use more than you take in, you're going to be at a negative energy. That's the answer, right? It's a negative. Yeah. And then you won't have enough energy to be a parent, to be an active athlete, to be a great student, to care for your kids, to be a good spouse to be a good mm-hmm. contributor to society mm-hmm. you'll keep going right because you're like ah whatever i'm tired i got four hours of sleep i'm just gonna drink my coffee and keep yeah. going i'll catch right. up when and the kids I, are out of the house <laughs> that's not gonna work I'll sleep when i'm dead right yeah, so uh, I, it, it actually starts to lead to other problems you're the one who's gonna have the allergies you're gonna have you know breast tenderness all the time you're gonna have thyroid problems you're gonna have Blood sugar issues. I could just keep going and going and going. Yeah. All these very common problems. Back pain, neck pain, stuff that just won't get better. Right? And it, it catches you. And we don't stop until literally we're on our backs or something horrible happens to us in our health or um, our relationships start to get threatened. We lose our jobs. We wait until it's like, red alarm, red alarm. Yeah. Ah, right? Yeah, we miss those little those little flags, those little signals, and we just blow right past them. We go through the yellow light, and sometimes we even go through the red light. <laughs> right. And I can't tell you how many um, clients I work with, whether it's usually it's the parent of the, the girl I work with who says, man, all the stuff you're teaching her now, I wish someone had told me when I was a child or a teen so, and taken me and shaken me because not every child yeah. or teen wants to listen and said, listen, this is so important. You, you can't see why now because you c- can't have the perspective of being an adult who's suffering, but right. fix it now. So yeah. that's why I do what I do right there. So, yeah. so we've talked a lot about nutrition and balance and things like that. Um, how does it 
how does that relate to like sports and injuries and recovery and, and making that recovery as, you know, as good as possible, as easy as possible? Yeah. Well, just with an injury, let's say that um, whether you're a, a teen or a woman, you have tendonitis, right? You have an inflammatory overuse injury, which is right. the most common kind of injury we see. Um, in order for all of that to improve, you need to be in the positive on that energy equation. So energy okay. equals what's taken in minus what's used. If you're not, you'll get an unhealing injury or you'll get a new injury mm -hmm. on top of that. Yeah. So it's not just nutrition. It's also what you're doing down the, the minus, right? Mm -hmm. And it's also the, the right types of therapies and getting a good therapist, if you're doing physical therapy, who understands your sport and can slowly, slowly get you back into it without allowing you to overdo it or underdo right. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So again, it's, it comes back to balance. It seems like. It always comes back to balance. <laughs> yes. We just want to keep the scales. Yeah, if only, balance, if, only sure. if it was that easy, it's, it's hard. I know. So what are, what are some simple things that, that girls can do or athletes um, or just families? What are some simple things that they can do, you know, with that in mind, with that balance in mind? I have, I actually, we didn't talk about it. I have a new guide. It's a free guide that I just published that um, okay. literally walks you through three simple steps on how to keep your energy equation balanced towards the positive. The first one is improve your quality of sleep. So it may be hard to click your heels right now and change from getting four or five hours of sleep to eight or nine, right? But that's a huge jump to right. ask of people. Right. So focus on baby steps and, and focus on the quality you're getting in that time frame. And, you know, one way to do that is simply putting your phone away for 15 minutes to an hour, whatever you can get done before you go to sleep. It helps your brain turn off faster. Okay. So then you can have better quality sleep. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, eat foods within parts of your cycle that correspond with how the hormones flow. So okay. what you need to do is part of part one of number two is track your cycle. Understand when, what day you're on, Mm -hmm. when you're getting your period and all that kind of stuff. So you need to track your cycle. And then in the first half of your cycle, focus on eating those energy friendly fats. And the second half of your cycle, focus on eating energy friendly proteins, mm -hmm. adding an extra serving of each one per day. So nice. three things. So it's Please. not taking anything away. It's adding in. It's adding. 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 Yes. Mm -hmm. I agree. Like, you take away your phone for 15 minutes before you go to sleep. I think I'm going to start a club that's like letting go of my phone mm -hmm. support support group, right? Like yeah. if you guys want to join well, it, I think that that'd be good. We we have a bedtime routine we've, and we've decided to keep it, even though our kids are getting older. So at 8.30, which might sound early for having a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old, um, but we you know, we come out, we read, we read the Bible, and we say our prayers every night as a family. And I have my daughter go plug in her phone to charge here in the living room. And... And she's not allowed to touch it until she's up and has had breakfast. Mm. And for me, I usually plug in my phone around 9.30 or 10. And I head into my room and I leave it. And I don't pick it up again until I'm up and I've had my coffee <laughs> in the morning. And I put collagen in my coffee. That's great. Protein, a little protein in the coffee. Um, 
Look at me, I'm oh, trying to you. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, brownie points. Um, so yeah, it, that's a good way for me to, I've been adding protein to my diet now for several years and I like that because it kind of keeps my blood sugars a little bit more balanced until I can get food in as I'm kids and telling them and getting them ready and all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, it really has helped my sleep. And um, I like that term sleep hygiene. We're going to mm-hmm. have somebody on to talk mm-hmm. to a whole episode on sleep hygiene. Yeah. Because yeah. awesome. if my phone is by my bed, I, I feel like I need to keep checking it or, yeah. or I'm, I'm thinking there might be a text and what am I going to do anyways in the middle of the night? You know, really. You shouldn't be. No, seriously. You shouldn't be. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Um, so Julie, let's say you, you, you get one minute, two minutes with that struggling young athlete mm-hmm. and, and, and her parents, let's say. What mm-hmm. is the, and you got just two minutes to give the message. What is the message that, that they need to hear? This is my favorite question. <laughs> oh, I'm in the hot seat. Wait, I thought um, your favorite question was what's your favorite workout? Oh, wait. Yeah, don't ask her that too. Don't okay. forget to ask her that too. Okay, first the two-minute question. <laughs> you got two minutes to impart wisdom on them that, that they're going to listen to. What, what is it that you tell them? Pay attention to your period. Absolutely. Use it as your barometer of health. It, it tracks your energy, your risk for injury, and your overall total body health, basically. So track your period, number one. And if you're an active athlete, you are in the driver's seat regardless of what your coach is, regardless of what our culture and regardless of what your parents say. So you get to decide how much is too much. Yeah. I like that. I think mm-hmm. that's super important. We have such a, a pushy society. Just push, 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 push. And you know what? Sometimes you need to be pushed, but sometimes that's too much. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I would add a third point that is all of us have an intuition, right? Mm-hmm. And intuition is always saying, oh, there's too much on my plate. Oh, this is too hard. Oh, there's too much going on. I'm training too hard. I'm not resting enough. And as Beth kind of said, we don't listen to those little flags going on and I think for girls teaching them how to heart uh, tap into that intuition is huge and that yeah. it's okay to listen yeah and yeah. that it's okay to do less I mean if we're finding our value and our identity and constantly doing more and doing a harder workout and adding another thing to the schedule and conquering it that's not sustainable we can't keep adding more and there's a song that just came out called Dream Small that I really like. I want to encourage everybody to look it up. But it's like, you know, those, oh. those little things in life. Dream small. Da, 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 da. And it's like, you know, we, we, all, we talk a lot about dreaming big. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, what, what's realistic? And, and, and focusing on the little things and being content. There's mm-hmm. a great deal that can be said about contentment and teaching that to our young girls. Right. Honey, you don't yeah. have to take on the world all at once. Right. You know, right. what you're doing yeah. is enough and it's valuable and you are valuable even if you're not doing this long list of things. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the message in my coaching clients. That's what mm. I do. Dream small and less is more. Yeah. Do less with more. Do more with less. Sorry. Wow. It's yeah. really counterculture, though. It's so counterculture. It is. Yeah. 
that's kind of my style. That's kind of your style. We yeah. kind of like to break the mold, right? So, right. I mean, yes. It's okay. Let's think about <laughs> this a different way. Let's reduce the cortisol mm-hmm. levels. Let's dial it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Let's mm-hmm. do what we can keep doing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh okay. man! Well, it's been so good. Wait, so ju- wait, 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 Julie. What, we gotta ask this. What? Oh yeah, I almost forgot my question. Exercise. Your favorite exercise? At least right oh, now. My at least right now. Favorite exercise right now is Pilates and bread cord. Bread cord is a suspension-based strengthening system. Did you say bread cord? Red, R-E-D. Oh, like the color. <laughs> Red cord. Yeah. Awesome. It's a suspension based, like neuromuscular reeducation strengthening system out of Norway that I have in my PT clinic, which happens to be in the next room over. Um, And so I do it every day. It's great. Ah, I have not even heard of that. Look Mm -hmm. it up. Mm -hmm. We need some red cord. Look it up. All right, I will. It's crazy that there's still new things, like, and there will be. There will continue to be more new things, new styles, new methods that come out. So if you don't like what you're doing in fitness, yeah. keep your eyes open because there might be something, something new you really love. You can find it on Fit to Be usually. Mm-hmm. Um, Julie, <laughs> uh, real quick, tell us where you've got a couple things out there, website, book. We'll put all that in the show notes, but um, where can people find you if they're just listening? So, yeah, my website's drjuliegranger.com, and that's where you can get both of my books and my freebie. The freebie's right on the front page. Okay. And then you, the, my Twitter, Facebook, Instagram handles are all at Dr. Julie Granger. Everything matches. <laughs> Makes it easy to remember. Nice. So send me a message on Instagram, tag me in a photo, whatever you mm-hmm. want to do. That'd be great. Yeah. Right. Julie, you're wonderful at being responsive and you're such a great connection for our followers to have. Thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Of course. All right. Woohoo! Good show. Okay, friends and fans, if our podcast floats your goat, you should subscribe to Fit to Be Radio and also follow us on Twitter at Fit to Be, on Instagram at Fit to Be Studio, and on Facebook via Fit to Be Tummy Safe Fitness. That's my rooster. I'd also love for you to join fittobe.com so you can work out with me. Plus, that's how we pay our bills that keep our lights on, providing family friendly workouts that help you make a strategic return to fitness. See you there.